And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. My gratitude to you for taking time out on a Sunday when I know you're not feeling the greatest. Um, talk to us about your nonprofit, National Shattering Silence Coalition, which has been helping for the past five years to save and improve lives. Your coalition has been shattering silence about our shared humanitarian crisis and has been doing so on behalf of the 8 million children, which is one in 10, and 14.2 million adults, which is one in 20, who have been diagnosed with a serious mental illness. Um, the illnesses are really biologically based, no fault, serious brain disorders, such as that I have, which is bipolar disorder, which affects an organ in my body, the brain. Passion and commitment such as yours usually stems from a personal story. Can you tell us what your personal story is and how you got involved as the coordinator of this coalition? Who's involved with you in the coalition and what your vision and your mission is? Sure. Um, well, it took 13 years of pushing bureaucratic boulders up mountains only to have them come crashing back down on us until we finally gained treatment for my own son. During that time, he went missing. I rescued him from a religious cult. He was jailed twice. He was homeless. He was beaten up by seven police officers in Burlington, Vermont, to within inches of his life. He was hospitalized 43 times before I could finally get AOT for him. This unfathomably painful experience and the knowledge that so many of our children never made it is what drives me like a dog with a bone to see that our grandchildren and future generations never have to go through what we went through. I won't rest until we have treatment with dignity and compassion or I stop breathing, whichever happens first. These are treatable illnesses, if only we could gain access to treatment. Since October 2017, the National Shattering Silence Coalition has been voices for those living and dying far too young from serious brain disorders. We just refer to them as SBD. We are a nonpartisan alliance of family members, individuals suffering from serious brain disorders, professionals in the trenches, and people who care. We're united to ensure that brain illness, health, criminal justice systems, um, and others count those with SBD and their families in all federal, state, and local policy reforms. Our mission is to raise awareness and advocate for solutions to the humanitarian crisis faced by people with serious brain disorders, commonly referred to as serious mental illnesses. 
We're now 400 members strong. We've collectively shattered silence about a humanitarian crisis, helping to ensure treatment before tragedy and building a more compassionate and just world through our collaborative advocacy. Thank you. Hard not to get emotional about that. Um, to, to drive the needed change and to save those still here, your organization just kicked off um, a still here suicide prevention campaign uh, <clears throat> starting uh, November 19th to honor the International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day to help give hope to those still here. A short film was produced sharing stories of loved ones who had lost someone to suicide, of a father whose son stabbed him during a psychotic episode, and his son is now sitting behind bars in jail, where we know he does not belong, and also sharing my own story of a suicide attempt. Obviously, I'm still here, I'm still fighting, still hoping. You also speak about the suicide rates in this country, which are skyrocketing. And at one point, um, you paused the film uh, about 11 plus minutes in and share that whilst the viewers have been watching, 25 people have attempted to take their lives. What were your goals in producing this docuseries? Um, first, I, I really want to mention that I, for one, am really glad you're still here. Oh, thank um, you. We, we are sharing these stories with the hope that people will feel our pain and, and be moved to donate to the National Shattering Silence Coalition so that we can save and improve lives. People with illnesses such as bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and major depression are at the highest risk of suicide because our healthcare system is designed to fail them. This is something I didn't know until my son became ill. And all of a sudden I felt like I had entered a foreign planet. Um, there were no services to be found. And it was, it, you know, you wound up uh, going to jail in, in, instead of a hospital and um, just the definition of insanity. Um, people are made to wait until they're either a danger to themselves or others before even attempting to access treatment in a system where there simply aren't enough hospital beds and services in the community to treat them. And this is too late. We've lost too many precious sons and daughters either to suicide, jail, or homelessness who couldn't be saved because of this lud ludicrous, cruel standard. My own son endured over a decade of pain, 43 hospitalizations, jail, homelessness, and on and on, all the while tormented by the horrific voices in his head. When if he could have received treatment, a consistent continuum of care and housing that heals right away, all of it could have been avoided. Well, as you know, I mean, prior to my own suicide attempt, I reached out um, to a university um, psychiatric care system and went to see a therapist and 
poured my heart out. And then when I got home to my apartment, the phone rang and she basically said she couldn't help me, which precipitated um, a, a more extreme depression and obviously a suicide attempt. So definitely the system um, lacks compassion. And that was just one of three attempts, which um, I won't share all the different stories, but sorry, so sorry about your son. Um, Speaking of suicide prevention itself, how does the coalition go about saving lives and what specific solutions do you propose or actions do you take to prevent suicide and to keep those like me with serious brain disorders from silently slipping away far, far too soon? Well, given that approximately 50% of those with schizophrenia and 40% of those with bipolar disorder also suffer from anosognosia, um, which is a neurological condition that robs them of the ability to know they're sick. One of the first actions we took as a coalition was to write a position statement about the need for AOT, assisted outpatient treatment. AOT is a highly successful compassionate tool to bring treatment to those who have no awareness of their illness. My son was one of those people. You, you cannot convince someone to get help if they don't believe they're sick. Um, we've been able to get legislation passed in Maine, Tennessee, Virginia, and other states around the country to either allow for AOT or to improve AOT laws. I should mention too that this was um, in collaboration with the Treatment Advocacy Center, um, who has done wonderful work on, mm -hmm. on behalf of promoting AOT, and we work really well together with them. We have campaigns asking members to write and or call their congressmen and women, asking them to either support or reject legislation that's either beneficial or harmful to those with SBD. Our second position statement was in support of repealing the IMD exclusion. Um, and this was written as ammunition for our current campaign to do just that. We're asking members to write to their representatives in support of HR 2611, which is a bill introduced by Grace Napolitano um, in the House that would repeal the IMD exclusion the most blatant discrimination against those with SBD I can think of. It was enacted in 1965 and it prohibits federal payment under, under Medicaid for medically necessary treatment for adults in institutes of mental disease, i.e. psychiatric hospitals um, and, and residential treatments with more than 16 beds. It bars Medicaid enrollees with mental diseases, quote unquote, um, from receiving the same level of care that enrollees without severe mental illness receive for other illnesses such as cancer and heart disease. In doing so, the exclusion denies equal protection under the law to the very group of people it's supposed to help. The IMD, as I said, is blatant discrimination against people with serious brain disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. As a result of this law, many psychiatric hospitals and residential treatment centers have closed with other 
others limiting their beds to 16. We all know that um, the, the, the jail cells have replaced the asylums because there are no beds. The need for treatment beds far exceeds this artificial cap of you know 16 beds. Not only is it unjust costing, it costs billions of tax dollars, which the National Silence Coalition refers to as the cost of not caring. We also often get involved with writing letters on behalf of one of our members' children who are either incarcerated, homeless, without treatment, um, asking the powers that be to help. We also try to help members gain access to treatment through our network of advocates, family members, and professionals in the trenches. They also rely on us for our knowledge of um, programs that are out there. And since the inception of the ISMIC committee in 2017, established as a result of the 21st Century's Cures Act, we've written to the ISMIC in response to their initial report and attended their meetings open to the public, commenting on behalf of NSSC to shatter silence about the fact that our loved ones are still not receiving the treatment they deserve. And this is five years later. We spend a great deal of time through our blogs, letters to members, meetings, and social media, educating our members as to the problems and the solutions to this crisis so they too can advocate for change. Um, well. I certainly wish I had a mental health advocate when um, I was younger. Perhaps I would have stopped me from suicide attempt two and three. Um, you know, as you sort of mentioned, um, I'm also a mental health advocate now myself, and I'm aware that for far too long, people with serious brain disorders like bipolar have been, and I certainly have felt this way, marginalized, very misunderstood. Um, suffered injustices, discriminated against, being fired during bipolar depression, for example, myself, and treated really with scorn and indifference. Um, they're still here, but they're suffering. Uh, you know, they're incarcerated as a direct result of being, you know, having an untreated serious brain disorder. They're left to decom decompensate on our streets. Um, they're denied medically necessary life-saving treatment. And They've lost irretrievably gray matter because they don't get treatment they need. Like schizophrenic people, they don't get treatment. Um, their brains deteriorate to a point where they can't get the gray matter back and they can no longer be functioning members of our society. Um, the other issue for me is that their loved ones are forced to kind of stand on the sidelines, you know, fighting to get them treatment to the nail system that denies them treatment. And then when they turn 18, because of HIPAA laws, they can't help them get treatment, um, which, you know, in the name of civil rights. So it feels to me like unless you have personal experience or professional experience or social work on the front lines, you don't really realize the inequities um, that they're facing and that the mental health care system and the laws affecting treatment are seriously unjust and unfair. For those who are still here but have been denied what I consider to be compassionate and just treatment, 
I think we as humans all deserve. What specific solutions and actions are you taking to help save and improve lives of those who are, in my mind, seriously suffering and their loved ones? The loaded question. There's there's a lot that goes into the yeah. answer. Um, if if we are to truly save those who are currently abandoned by the current mental health system, we must acknowledge that the mental health care system as an industry has been misconstrued, underfunded, and at a large disadvantage from neurology and pathology sciences and healthcare systems. If you do the math, there's a glaring mismatch. $36.55 spend on adults spent on adults with SBD compared to $478 on those with Alzheimer's, which is 13 times or 1,327% more per person. I'll never understand why it's more important to save our elderly than it is to save our youth. Not that either one is should be more important, but right. they both deserve the same. Other brain disorders like autism, Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's have been inclined to more empathetic responses to the, from the public. Since Alzheimer's and autism have been funded and fought for their position at the table of medical sciences to be recognized as structural, biological, and medical brain disorders, it appears they garner more compassionate attitudes and legitimized views from society. Our solution is, in part, to get these illnesses reclassified as the medical illnesses they are. People with neurological illnesses under medical standards of care have access to resource, resources and supportive care that those diagnosed with a mental illness do not have access to. Their doctors make the decisions about what, what level of care is needed and when it's needed, not a judge. For decades, the decision to admit a patient with SBD for medical care has been made based on laws requiring dangerousness and the availability of hospital beds, or should I say, lack thereof, rather than medical necessity. We must also all work to reform HIPAA laws to include family rights and prevent harm that occurs when parents who provide care are shut out of the process. We must work to reform PAMI whose focus must be on abuse and neglect, its original mission, instead of lobbying to prevent medically needed inpatient and outpatient treatment and supports for people with serious brain disorders. I've already mentioned uh, the importance of repealing the IMD exclusion, not just for access to hospital beds, but also to allow for increased reimbursement for inpatient care and all facilities at various levels of care, including access centers and longer term housing that heals. Having higher levels of reimbursement will enhance services in all of these levels of care, including more work with psychologists and multidisciplinary teams so that the models can move away from just a pill and a bed to more comprehensive care. 
we we absolutely do need many other things, including comprehensive community-based care. Repealing the IMD exclusion would help both acute care treatment as well as those who need longer-term treatment all along the continuum of care. We must also end the criminalization of those with SVDs. Reclassification of these illnesses will go a long way towards achieving that goal because the result of reclassification is that people will receive treatment early on in the course of their illness before they wind up in front of law enforcement. Um, or, shot we, by, or shot by law enforcement. Right. Yeah. Um, we must also promote and strengthen and see that AOT, FACT, crisis intervention teams, and any other evidence-based pre-incarceration alternatives that permit, pr permit treatment and care based on treatment standards that focus on the need for treatment and grave disability, not danger to selves or others. We, we must also support evidence-based post-incarceration diversion solutions for those who slip through the cracks and, and wind up in jail. Yeah. Um, we, we must provide long-term permanent dignified institutional housing for those who are too ill to live in the committee and supportive and independent housing for those who are able to safely live in the community. Finally, and this is so important, we must do all we can to support funding of programs to design to grow the brain illness workforce and drastically increase the dollar spent on research into causes, better medi medications, and cures for these illnesses. You know, we have the, gosh, what is President Biden calling it? Um, the moon launch or something for to cure cancer? Well, yeah. we need the same thing for yeah. these illnesses. I, I mean, I think the laundry list is so incredibly long because we have ignored um, the seriously mentally ill in this country for so incredibly long. And the system is so incredibly beyond broken and designed to fail them that to fix it, it's going to require such an incredible amount of work. Not to say it's impossible naturally, if there's collaboration amongst the entities such as yours and the other you know, really good nonprofits out there who are all on the same mission to fix the system that is seriously, seriously broken and letting so many people down and letting so many people silently slip away. So I just want to say in closing, you know, for me, you know, after three suicide attempts, I personally believe I'm still here for a reason. I mentioned I was a suicide prevention mental health advocate. I'm obviously a huge supporter of your nonprofit. Um, I so appreciate you and, and the work that you're doing to help save people like me. Yeah, I think you know hopelessness is the leading predictor of suicide. I'm obviously intimately familiar with um, how painful it is to feel incredibly hopeless and you know you'd obviously do anything you could to make that feeling go away and unfortunately as each day passes it just gets darker and darker and you feel like you're getting further and further away from the light and as that happens you just feel like the world would be better off without you um and they'd just be better off if you were gone so i i personally cannot simply thank you enough for giving those like me 
hope. Um, I think the word hope seems nebulous to some, but to those who are about to swallow a bottle of pills, it's quite frankly life-saving. And to me, there's nothing more important than saving lives. So to me, you have the most important job on the planet. Um, so thank you for stepping up and taking it on. And I hope that in sharing today, others can understand why it's so important that for those that are still here, we simply have to give them hope and a reason to stay. And I hope they will take time to, you know, the 12 minutes to listen to or watch the um, suicide prevention video. Understand that suicide truly is a public epidemic in this country. We're not doing enough. And that if each and every one of us just even gives a little bit, we together truly can collectively make a difference and save lives. So thank you again for making us more aware and um, helping people like me stay here and stay alive. It's been my pleasure, Carrie. And and I I do want the world to know that that we would not be doing this and we, we would not be so passionate about this if we did not truly believe that it was possible. It is possible if we all, all get together, which is why we're a coalition and not just a nonprofit. We, we are both um, because we want to invite other organizations and individuals and anyone who cares to yeah, join, to join. Yeah. collectively. I think we can build a more compassionate and just world where everyone receives the treatment that we all as humans deserve. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I am your pro bono strategic advisor. And I want everybody to know everybody who works so hard for you does so um, for free as well. So thank you again. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are Aware Now.